How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be talking to my new friend, Sean Higgins. Sean is an author, speaker, coach, serial entrepreneur, and philanthropist who's been in real estate and financial services industry for over three decades. Sean has dedicated his life to teaching individuals the simplicity of building wealth and has taught over a half million students. Sean is an avid world traveler and an accomplished landscape and wildlife photographer. He's worked with industry leaders such as Jack Canfield, John Maxwell, and legendary NBA coach Tim Grover, just to name a few. You're not going to want to miss this episode. We talk about the secret to building tax-free wealth, how to 3x your income on rental properties, and the one thing that will always be more important than money and how to help make sure that it's constantly growing. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're chatting with my new friend, Sean Higgins. Sean, welcome to the show, man. Xander, great to be here. Love the title. Obviously, you get a lot of play with that. I love that. You know, isn't that the truth, though, right? It's yeah, we're just we're just speaking the truth. That's all it really is. Yeah. But um, you know, I, we're we're going to dig into a lot of fun stuff around around wealth, money, meaning, freedom, all the fun things with you, I think. Because uh, you've got a, a great pedigree uh, in in all of that, actually. Um, before I do, I'd love for everybody to understand, you know, Sean, the person, how you got to where you are, how you got here, a little bit of your background. Absolutely. You know, it's it's a, I don't know, you know, I look at it and people go, that's really interesting. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's just what happened. You know, I was uh, grew up in, in Santa Barbara, just north of you. Um, and, uh, you know, family. Great place uh, you grow up, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, not it was before it was Santa Barbara. You know, let's yeah. just be real with that. You know, <laughs> I know you're friends with Jack Canfield, and he and I talk about that um, all the time. I'm like, yeah, it was way before. That. Let's put it this way. Let me just put some perspective. My parents bought their house in Santa Barbara, not too far from Jack's house, for eighteen thousand two hundred and thirty-four dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's <laughs> you not you too know bad. what I mean? Back in the day, so you know, grew up in that area, and uh, you know, big family, not a whole lot of money. And, uh, you know, was went to uh, Santa Barbara City College for um, one full month, was in a serious motorcycle accident 
And, wow. uh, and then had to get taken care of by my mom. And that kind of set me on a trajectory. I didn't have any money to go back to school. I didn't even know why I was going to school anyways. Andrew, to be As most people do, they just go to school because. Because yeah. that's the thing. Only back then, you know, there wasn't the quarter of a million dollar bill that went with it. Yeah. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any money. My brother was working as an F&I manager at a dealership, a, a Datsun dealership. going to date myself again. You know, got me involved there. Um, I took to it like water, you know, a duck to a water. And, you know, I had one of those moments that uh, Will Smith had, maybe not a name we want to mention right now, but in that movie, um, what was it? Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. And the guy, you know, he says, he says, what do you do and how do you do it? And I had this guy come into the dealership with his wife paying cash for a car. I mean, not much older than I was. She had the rock and Gibraltar on. I'm like, what is going on? And he goes, oh, I'm a stockbroker. I'm like, dude, that's what I wanted to do. Tell me and, more. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he talked, chatted me up a little bit. And then four days later, I got a phone call and he's like, dude, I got you an interview. I'm like, uh, I didn't go to college. And he goes, no, no, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, uh, how is that not a big deal? So long story short, I interviewed, got the job. I became one of the youngest managers, went to New York Life, started doing my my job there. Now, my disillusionment was about then. You know, I don't know if you understand, but the financial industry, you got to work a lot to start making money. It's, yeah. it's a three to four year window before, you know, things start rolling with your clients. And I got really turned off because... <clears throat> As I got into the financial estate planning side of things, what was good for my clients wasn't necessarily good for New York Life. In other words, yeah. they were pushing product that uh, I was like, yeah, you know. And so there was, there was a disconnect between what they really needed and what was being pushed. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way what was in my clients' financial interest wasn't in New York's life best interest. So therefore, mm -hmm. it was a conflict of interest as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And I, I learned about this thing called property tax liens. I, I kind of went, what the hell? And I went into it and just like, oh, my goodness, I just found the mother load. And I started buying property tax liens and tax deeds. You know, you know, fast forward, I've written several books, been on several TV shows. I've helped tens of thousands of people, more people than anybody on the planet. Um, learn how to invest in tax things. But that's not really the whole thing. Back to the New York Live deal. What I realized, because my first year, I made a lot of money, millions. And the year before that, I wasn't paying taxes because I didn't make enough money. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden I'm thrown into this whole deal and man, the taxes hit me, corporate structure hit me, the shit you don't learn in school yeah. or college or anywhere. And so I became obsessed, to be honest with you, Xander, and I found ways I, I don't, you know, people say, oh, you live in California. What about the taxes? Well, you know, I don't pay taxes to a certain extent. You know, yeah. a bulk of my my profits every year go tax free. And this isn't some newfangled deal. This is what the wealthy have been using for years. This is, you know, um, I, I, I get properties and yeah, sometimes I rent them out, but I also get triple what most people are getting rent. And I'm not talking Section 8 either. Again, I got obsessed with this. So let me re, let me frame it this way. You know, what I got irritated with is somebody saying, hey, this is how you make money. Okay, yeah. But what happens with corporate structure and all this stuff? So it was the equivalent of giving somebody famous Amos's chocolate chip recipe, but yeah. not telling them you needed a $15,000 oven, Xander. To, to actually, actually make it, to make, to bake the cookies. <laughs> Bingo. And so, you know, I would help these clients and, and then pretty soon I just said, no, okay, look it. 
this is how it's going to go or you don't work with me. You have to have it set up this way because I would rather have three properties. I mean, I got one property right now. Let me put it this way. Quarter million dollar house, typically uh, $2,500, $3,000 a month. Well, it's paying me $6,200 a month rent, you know, and that's and not section eight. And so when you do that, I've done the same thing with the same um, asset, but triple my return on it. And it's, yeah. again, if I'm not telling somebody that I'm being disingenuous, Yeah. not, I don't think that's intentional, but I find that a lot. You know, it's like, oh, I did this and made this. Yeah, but what you didn't tell everybody, you also spent half of that in advertising or whatever that is. Does that make sense? So, you know, the the Wealth Formula Academy was established um, and that's what I do. Um, I've spoken, you know, that's how I I know Jack. I've I've spoken some huge stages before um, for a long time. And I felt that I what I was doing was making a lot of people really excited without the tools to actually accomplish it. So I really started shrinking it down over the last eight years. And I found that that individual one-on-one, I can get better results. And then now look at this medium now. I mean, holy. It's amazing, right? Right. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, buying a, buying a $250,000 house and getting three times the rent on it. Like, I got to ask, how does that happen? I don't pay $250,000 for the house. Well, you're paying, you're paying a lot less than that. Cause you're obviously a house right now that I'm doing in Atlanta. I've just got off the phone with the contractor earlier that I paid $92,000 for it's a two, it's a quarter million dollar house. Uh, We're putting a new roof. We're putting some, you know, stuff on it to make it right. Now I'm not going to rent that out for the big money because it doesn't qualify with the way it's laid out. But yeah. I will sell it. The market right now, today, as we speak, is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So there's a hundred thousand dollars profit. I will not pay a dime in in, in uh, taxes on that either, and I'm not doing a ten thirty one exchange. So what I realized coming from no money, meaning my family didn't make a lot of money, yeah. I thought the game was I need to make a bunch of money that I'm just going to quit. Yeah, that's not true. Um, it's how much money you can accumulate, accumulate, and then we've also started living longer. I mean, I'm 58 years old and probably in the best shape of my life. I surf, I hike, I do all those things. And I don't see that that delaying unless some tragic yeah. thing happens. You know what I mean? So we're living longer. And so now it's all about, wait a second, how do I avoid my partner? Because I don't like my partner. Okay. They're assholes. Let me be very clear on it. They're called the United States government. Yeah. And that was my first big sobering deal. It's like, you know, I saw Kevin Hart talk about this one time. He's going, just take half of your money and set it aside because it's not yours. And I'm like, no. Okay. Yeah. Find the tools that are out there that make this happen and then go with that. And then always don't get caught in the lanes, Andrew, because I see these people go, this is what I've been doing forever and ever instead of entertaining things. I had an operations um, uh, manager one time said, you know, Sean, you're the easiest CEO to get a meeting with, but you're the quickest to end it. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you'll listen, but as soon as you smell BS, you'll, you'll cut it quick, you know? And so one of the ways that I have done this is I've not only been involved in masterminds, but I've been involved in the right masterminds, not just in my industry of real estate, but the medical industry, I go to medical conferences, you know, and different, yeah. you know, just to listen to what's going on out there because I find it fascinating what's going on in that world. Um, you know, that's how I met Jack. That's how I met Tim Grover, um, you know, Michael Jordan and uh, 
Kobe's uh, coach. Um, uh, Tim's a good friend of mine. And and so you, when you get in those circles, you hear things and then you see them and you go, okay, how can I duplicate that? And that's where that obsession came. Xander, does so, that make so sense? Yeah. So let's, let's go back to that though. So wh- whatever it was, you buy this house that's worth $250,000. How are you renting it out for three times the normal rate? Well, with that particular situation, let's say that I have a house with four bedrooms and yeah. two baths. I can go in right now. What's happening in our in our um, uh, uh, census right now? We're getting older. We're getting yeah. older, and we're having less kids. And these baby boomers that all started retiring back in two thousand four are getting a lot older. And yeah. so there are these state programs out there that'll pay me to have assisted living inside those um, uh, those rooms. And as long as I've got it set up correctly, in matter of fact, to make it work right, I have to have three. They make you, yeah. and I don't make you. It's just more productive, and that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But, um, you know, so now they're paying me $25,000 a month for this particular piece of property. And depending on how I operate that business in there, I can net net somewhere around uh, five dollars to $7,000 on That's very that. cool. Yeah, yeah and cool. it's, it is, you know, and I can operate that in such a way that there's a possibility of doing that within a tax-sheltered event. Um, so that was going to be my next question is how are you not paying taxes? Cause I'm sitting here pretty in California looking at over 50% tax. And I would yeah. love, I would love so, some thoughts on that. <laughs> so let, Let's be clear. I am paying taxes on what I want to pay taxes on. Yeah. So let me back up. Okay. So years ago I got so irritated with, you know, I'm, I'm let, let's say I make a half a million dollars on real estate deals. That's my profit in a year. Let's just say that. Well, like you're saying, because of that, it's, it's considered short-term income if I'm just flipping those properties, not long-term. Let's just keep it real basic. Well, I'm getting nailed at 50% taxes, like you're saying. Yeah. And I, I have the same conversation. I mean, this is nuts. Okay, this can't be the way. Now, coming from New York Life, what I used to do is go into these companies and take over their retirement accounts. I know retirement accounts like yeah. nobody's business. I'm sitting with a friend of mine. We're in Central America surfing. And he's a multimillionaire CPA. And he says, what's your biggest challenge? This is 2004 for, for the next year. I said, I, I says, my retirement account. I can't, I can't figure this thing out. I can't get him to return call. You know, we had a third party administrator. And he yeah. said to me, he goes, well, why don't you administrate it? Yeah. I'm like, what? He goes, well, you know, you can be your own administrator and trustee. You can, like, you can do self-directed. Yeah. Arr, you know, and well, no, not self-directed. It's completely different. So what I do is I immediately when I went home, this is over Christmas, I set myself up where I am the administrator and the trustee of my retirement account. This is not an IRA. Those are not qualified. This is this is a qualified plan. And so I can contribute that first year. I was able to contribute $125,000. Most people get stop gapped at, you know, 55 or whatever. Yeah. And so now I'm sitting there going, wait a second, this is like a business entity. It's got its own tax ID. It's a, I'm the administrator. So I determine what's risky or not. So I start doing real estate in there. And guess what? There are no tax consequences for the profit. Yep. It gets better. So let's say I have a piece of property in there that I own free and clear, right? Because it's in my retirement account. I got some rental income coming in. It all goes in there. There's no tax consequences. But I see another deal. I said, I want to do a deal. Let's say I don't have the liquid cash. Well, I own this. 
So why not leverage this piece of real estate? So if I leverage this piece of real estate, and the only way you can do this, Andrew, is if you're the administrator and trustee. Mm. It's literally written in the RISA codes from 74, 1974. So as long as I'm the administrator and trustee, I can borrow against the asset, go do another deal, and all the profits from that deal have to go back into the retirement account, and I'm not allowed to pay taxes. Boo-hoo. Wow. Now, this absolutely explodes your retirement account. Now, let me get back to what I said earlier, where I pay taxes on what I want. So what I do is I look at a deal and I say, before I purchase it, I determine who's going to own it. Yeah. Retirement, Sean, or me. Or, or, or normal I Sean, even, yeah. Yeah, or I can split it up. If I say, listen, I need to make, because you don't need a lot to live. Come on. Once you've got things, you've got things. And go, okay, what does it take to run my my world vacations and what have you? So yeah. if I want, say, hundred and $50,000 net, net, net to the bottom line. What do I have to do to make that after taxes? The rest all goes in there. I love you know? that. And then, so what that does is it absolutely puts your plan on steroids. Lack of better term. Yeah, I love that. Someone, yeah. I think it was like Peter Thiel has like $5 billion in a, in a retirement account and somebody was, one of my buddies was like, how did that happen? It's literally what you're talking about. It's exactly. Like, well, I mean, if you look not, at Mitt well, Romney, different, different avenue, different asset, but same idea. Well, let's go back to that assets. Okay. 2017, yeah. I start looking at crypto. I start yeah. buying Bitcoin at 800 to $1,300 a coin. All my friends think I'm, you know, I'm going to jump through this screen and smack you. That makes me so jealous. <laughs> oh, well, I, but you know, guess where I bought it in? My retirement. In your, in your retirement. Yeah. And I got so I know I am so connected in the in the crypto industry now. And I got all these guys are going, dude, 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 I've got a huge tax bill. I go, I've been telling you, dude, stop buying in your regular account. This is gonna it's not it's not gonna you know disappear. They're not gonna go and seize all the people's computers around the world. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I you know, I got some um, some friends of mine. I, I one of my really, really close friends is like probably the top four. Um, Bitcoin miners in the world. He's in Prague, and I just go, dude, you have to set this up. And so he circulates with other people on there, and we're having these conversations. And they almost want to throw up in their mouth a little bit when they, you know, without <laughs> having to move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, that's the other answer. We I just did an interview with Jonathan Kendall, and literally, he just moved down there for for this exact reason. Yeah, I see it all the time. And so, you know, there's a way to play the game. And so that's why, you know, I've developed, you know, the the, the Wealth Formula Academy, just because, you know, again, I can sit there and I, I'm really good friends with a guy that manages, um, you know, about $120 million on Wall Street. I mean, he is effectively doing the trades. He's very slow key, this and that, but he averages these huge returns. He speaks our language. Yeah, he says, "Look, Wall Street isn't confusing. They, they make it confusing. There's a way, yeah. and he's got a whole system, tactical train, and so he's part of our whole thing. So, you know, I have clients that are able to sit down with him for literally four days, have dinner with him, and trade with him while he's trading, if that's what they want to do. And see, what it is is, I'm sorry, I get a little excited about this. I just, that, I hey, that's fine. That, I love talking about this stuff. So keep going. I'm not going to yeah, stop you. Yeah, Andrew, what I, what I know you've nailed, what I know you've hit is this shit they don't teach you in college. They don't. A college is the biggest ripoff right now because think about this business. I get a business that the government finances my customers and I get to charge whatever I want. That sounds like college to me. I mean, it's yeah. gone through the ceiling. So unless you're going to be a doctor, engineer, or specific on that, What's the purpose? And I'm not pushing against college, not at all. What I'm saying is really have a reason for it. 
you know, yeah. and I, you know, I, I think to, to argue old. that point too, right? Like you, you say, unless you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, right? But really ask yourself, do you actually want to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer? Is that being pushed on you as well? Because I know so many doctors, lawyers, and engineers that went down that path because that's what society or their parents or whatever told them. That's what I did. That's why I went to Cisco. That's why half my friends who are doctors, you know, hate their life as doctors. So, you know, Working even grind and what have you. Now, and, and then here's another reality. 30 years in the, in the financial industry, not everybody can do what we're doing too, Xander. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And I realized that also it's not comfortable. So I get, so that's what I'm saying, but, but there's a drum that's beaten that this is the path you have to have. And I disagree with that 100%. And I think there are other ways to think outside the box that, um, uh, you know, overused term, but it's true, you know? So I have, I have a question for you. Cause I think for, for some people, it depends. It really depends on how you were brought up, but money can be a really taboo topic. Money and wealth mm -hmm. can be a really taboo topic. Um, you know, I I have to work with a lot of my clients. I you know specifically as coaches. You know, coaches want to serve. They want to help other people, and helping them overcome the money mindset issues of whether money's God or money's the root of all evil or or it can cause problems, like whatever it might be. Right, helping them realize that money's just a tool. Um, what like what are some of the things that you see the most successful, the most wealthy people? What's what's their relationship with money like? Well, there, there's not a, of I have to have money to get this, and there's not an end all be all. So they don't have a goal of once I make this, I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah, you know, and I hate to do the whole do what you're passionate about, and the money will come. Bullshit. If I'm making saddles in New York City, I'm going to be broke if that's I know, my passion. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that do what they love and make no money. So <laughs> exactly. So you know, what I look at this is is I'm able to help a lot of people because financially I'm able to do that. Exactly. So there it goes to the tool, and I totally hear what you're saying. I, you know. Five brothers and sisters, huge Irish Catholic family. Um, you know, there's this, oh, he must be doing this. You know, I mean, when I first started making money, doing what I was doing this, oh, Sean must be doing something illegal, you know, because he couldn't he couldn't buy chicken wings last year, you know, type of a deal. I heard it seriously. I heard that. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, wealthy people, I've never, ever heard them say, I can't wait to make more money. Yeah. 99% of the conversation is how can I help? How can I help? You know, what is it I can do? And, you know, we can get Jack Canfield if you want um, down that road. You know, you've got to manifest it. If this is what you want to do, this is what you design to do. I want to help people. I want to show people what I did to do get to where I'm at. And it doesn't have to be properties. I mean, there's a number of different ways you can do that. But part of that process is understanding, talking about your question with money, that money is a tool. You know, and right now that is the tool that can liberate more people and lift more people on the planet than any, anywhere. And, and besides that, I mean, you know, I'm going to toot the horn of the United States. I mean, I want you to think about this. Right now we live in a time where we're the smartest we've ever been as a human species. We live in a country that allows you to do what you and I do. I mean, this is nuts, right? Yeah. And and do all these things. I've got a property right now that I'm doing in Atlanta that we talked about earlier. I've never even seen the darn thing. Yep. And so you almost have a moral obligation because I've traveled the world multiple times. I mean, I'm an accomplished photographer. I've got awards. I love doing uh, nature photography. And I've been there. 
I've slept on dirt floors that that's their house. I've done that. And so, and, but those people are lifted by us. I remember when the whole debacle back in 2008, nine, I was in, got in a taxi in, in Malaysia and I was two o'clock in the morning, red eye coming in. And, and the guy says to me, stop the car. He turned around. He goes, United States needs to get their shit together. Like I was personally responsible for the United was, States, right? And you got to figure you know, this shit out, Sean. <laughs> right. Like 21 hour flight. I'm like, okay. And he's going, no. If we can't follow you, then who do we follow? And mm. he was right. And, you know, people say, oh, people around the world don't like the United States. That is complete, utter BS. I've never been somewhere where people said that. I, I Just the opposite. You know, they aspire to do this. So that's where I go back to. We have a moral obligation for people like you and I yeah. that are wanting to go out there and be successful. The only way I know that I, I can't do this, bro. I can't do this, yeah. bro. You know, after yeah, this podcast, I, I get to pick up my daughter from from uh, first grade. We got a little uh, basketball practice. Uh, I fly out to Florida tomorrow. I'm speaking to a little group over there. I come back for the game on Saturday, and then we're taking a week vacation. I've taken, you know, heard it. We were in Africa on a safari last year. Uh, we're going to uh, Mongolia in July. Um, that's the biggest education I can provide for somebody like her. But also, you know, as I'm going around there, I can impact people in a very positive way. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, you and I kind of before we started recording, one of the things that I mentioned to you about this podcast, and I, I'm a big believer of money. I think money is a a very amazing resource, and it amplifies who you are. And if you're yep. a good person, like you mentioned, we kind of have a moral obligation to make more money and do more good with it. Um, that being said, I always got to ask, and I especially love love asking uh, people that are well versed in finance and and wealth building this question. But what's what's maybe one or two things that uh, you are 100% certain are infinitely more important than money? Infinitely more important than money, relationships, yeah. 100%. You know, uh, you family, relationships, um, 100%. Um, you know, that's just bottom line. It's all about relationships. It's all about time with family. Um, and just, yeah, the 100%. Um, you know, it's just having those deep conversations. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. Those things don't just happen, Xander. You have yeah. to plan those events. Yeah. Um, you know, planning, you know, what? Uh, and again, I hate to keep bringing Jack up so much, but I, I've known him for a while. I mean, I remember one of the times we were he's in a good, There's worse people to bring up, man. So so he's a yeah, good dude. <laughs> but he said we were in Hawaii and he goes, Sean, what are you working on? You know, we're doing this mastermind deal. I says, I'm working on what I'm going to be doing you know, planning out my daughter's, you know, future and stuff. I said, oh, they'll be okay. I said, no, Jack, well, I want to make sure there are things in front of her that mold and shape who she is, you know? And so when I'm, you know, I had, I picked up my cousin from the airport, you know, coming in here to Sacramento and we were going down to Napa uh, with some other friends of ours, mine, that he had not met. And so him and his wife come in and I, I pick him up in the car and he goes, dude, this is really weird. I go, what? He goes, I literally don't know what we're doing. I go, don't worry about it, Tommy. We're going to be fine. So we go down there. I meet Paula and Michael for dinner and they're meeting at this, you know, it's called Press. It's an unbelievable restaurant. Let's put it this way. On their menu is or uh, bacon. is one of their hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Get the bacon at Press. Okay. I mean, it's like candied bacon. You're like, really? You know, you got it. So anyways, we're sitting there and he says, this is amazing. He says, we've only been here for about five hours. The week hasn't even started. We went to an amazing winery. Now we're sitting in this phenomenal restaurant. And I didn't think about it too much. Mike, my buddy goes, oh yeah, Sean always does this. I just show up. <laughs> 
But I mean, literally, it was meticulously planned to have these experiences about that because you can't this this whole thing of just let the spontaneity happen. Yeah, right. Then you're gonna get nailed by a wave, and you know, it <laughs> doesn't work. Put, doesn't put work. a little effort into it. Yeah, put a little effort into it. Plan those unique experiences happen. Have yeah. that private winery show up in our on our venue. Um, get a personal tour from the winemaker himself. You know, spend three four it. hours with that person. You know, so, that type of a deal. So let's let's go back to you know you you mentioned going back to your SBCC days. Uh, you know, if you were to go to college or if you were to go all the way back and you and maybe this is for your daughter, like what is some, what is one thing that you wish was taught in school? Finance, finance, B- what, B- what, business, specifically this yeah. stuff around being able to invest in. Or no, just um, uh, to be honest, it's really boring because it's not for everybody. Um, balance sheet, <laughs> understanding accounting, you know, understanding yeah. what an AR and AP is, what how that makes a difference on your bottom line. Um, but I think, you know, I, like, like you you say it's boring, but here's the deal, right? Money, money has its fingers in every area of our life. Totally. So let me give you why I say that, and and I say it's boring because people look at you know debits and credits, and it's really you know comes down to around almost like a Dave Ramsey mentality of how does really money work in this whole situation? You've got debits, yeah. you got balances. You know why am I so against you know debt, you know um, payments and stuff like that? And it's just because it it it, it can be. It can be the handcuffs yeah. or it can be the liberator, depending on how you do it. I've worked with guys that make $4 million a year that are miserable because they didn't do it right. As opposed to somebody making $80,000 a year that are great because they did do it right. So, yeah. you know, like you just said, Xander, to, to piggyback on that, if you go to school and you understand how money operates, what the difference between cash flow expenses and all that stuff, and you go to run a, a beauty salon, you're going to rock it. You're going to, you're going to do great. Yeah. You're going to do great. And so it's, there's not a lit, an area out there. I don't want to run a beauty school. I, I just want to cut the hair. Okay. You still got your personal finance at home. So how can that person that's making 40 to $60,000 a year become successful financially? And my thing is, I don't care how much money you make. I can show you how to be successful. And it's not always about making more money. It's about doing the right things with your money because with again, the money I, you do I, have, yeah. Almost when people come to me and they make a lot of money, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got to re undo a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they've got some built in things already placed in. It's like, well, I guess you could do that, or you could go down this way. Well, let me think about this. Well, okay, tell me how that partner's working out for you, the IRS. You know, let me know. Doing well, doing well. Yeah, I love that. What's so? One last question for you for for anybody who's you know maybe not down the path of being ready to. Uh, you know, invest in a property or anything like that. What's or maybe they're just very unversed mm-hmm. when it comes to money and wealth. What's what's the first step that somebody can start to take to become a little bit more educated, or maybe start saving a little to really get to yeah, that? You point? just say it right there, saving. Um, yeah. You know, one thing is get get yourself on a plan. Um, start analyzing. I was just working with a friend of uh, my my son's uh, my son twenty four year old son. He's got a friend and he said he wanted me to help him with some things. And I said, sure, he was at the gym and we were walking through it. And I had a, a project put together with him where I wanted to see his credit, his uh, debit card statement. He was spending $375 um, average a month, the last three months on fast food, yeah. um, you know, DoorDash and what have you. And not a kid that could be doing this, right? So I'm sitting there, I started to do you understand that's about $6,000 a year? His mouth is just dropped open, you know? So for him, it's stop. 
take $350 and start putting it inside an account and start saving it. You need to get in that habit. So yeah. one of the things is, is you can't turn on a switch. And so for a new person starting out, you have to establish habits. And there is not a get rich quick scheme out there. You're not going to yeah. make it big on one deal. You know, unfortunately, social media pushes that agenda. And it's not true. It starts off with $100 a month, $200 a month, whatever that is, putting that away and then understanding the relationship of taxable and non-taxable events and mm. under and fall in love with your retirement accounts, please. There's ways to I do wish, it. I, hey, I wish that's something that I learned in college, man. So this is this is this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Sean, this is this has been really helpful. We're probably going to have to get you on another time to go a little bit deeper into some of this stuff. But where can people learn more about you? Learn more about everything that you're doing from a wealth formula and and your book and everything there. You know what? Just go to my um uh, my personal link, which is just um, sean360.com. And that's S A. You see in the bottom corner there, S-A-E-N. My my parents, um, uh, when I was born, there was a doctor who said that was the original Gaelic way. I don't know. You know, I, I've looked it up. It actually is, but it's- I, I think it is actually, yeah. It is. It's a pain in the rear. So S-A-E-N-360.com. And you can go to any one of my websites. You can go to my YouTube channel. Text me. You know, yeah. I've got a new book coming out. Give me your full name, your- uh, um, uh, best email and I'll send you a copy of my book uh, when it comes out too. I love it, Sean. This has been absolutely invaluable, man. I think our audience is going to get a ton from this. Um, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller shit you don't learn in college available now. Sean, thanks for being on the show, man. This has been great. All right, Zan, appreciate it. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.